Well, welcome back to Work Minus, where we talk about what we need to drop from how we work today and quick pivots you can make to get closer to a better future of work. Today, our guest is Dr. Gloria Mark. She's the professor of informatics at the University of California, Irvine, and this episode is Work Minus Distractions. Hi, Dr. Mark. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks. We're very excited to have you on the show. You've done a lot of great research into an area that maybe there's not a lot of statistics and background information in, in terms of distractions around the office. Very interesting things have come out from that. But I want to just ask you, how did you first get involved in this type of research? So uh, before I came uh, back to the U.S. in 2000 uh, to work in academia, I, I was working in Europe, in Germany, and uh, it, there was a very different work culture in, uh, in Germany. Uh, I, I was working in research at a, a government funded research institute. Uh, but people, people had a very different perspective on work. So um, people would take long lunch breaks because it's the culture to have warm meals at lunchtime. And people really took the time to um, uh, get to know each other. And, you know, there was a lot, it was quite social in the workplace. Um, I, I also had the luxury to be able to focus on uh, just a few uh, projects. When I came to the U.S. in the year 2000, all of a sudden, uh, I was focusing on so many different projects. And it, it was a function of coming back to academia, but it was also a function of coming back to the U.S. And, uh, and I looked around me, and I saw people were... Uh, also, as as frantic as I was managing all these different work projects, and I just wanted to find out empirically if everybody else was feeling as stressed as I was, and how people were managing uh, dealing with all these different projects. Um, what I call multitasking. Uh, multitasking does not literally mean doing two things in parallel. Humans are just not capable of that. But what I refer to when I say multitasking is the rapid switching back and forth between different projects. And so this, this led me to do research in this area to discover how much people actually multitask, how, how they feel about it, and how they manage it. And so that's what got me started. Well, let's jump into some of the research that you, you did. Um, tell us about the different types of distractions that you recovered or experienced, especially in a digital world. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I, I want to point out that when people hear distractions, they immediately think that all distractions are bad. Uh, that's, that's not always the case. Uh, some distractions can be very positive. Uh, so examples of very positive distractions, and, and I'm going to call interruptions uh, a part of distractions. Sure. Um, you're working on a project and you get stuck, and then someone comes along, a colleague, and asks you a question about that project or gives you new information about that project and gets you to think about it in a very new way. So that's an example of a very beneficial kind of distraction. Uh, another kind of uh, interruption or distraction is uh, something that enables people to have social experiences. So, you know, sometimes if people are really 
working isolated in in their own office, you know, having having a short break and interacting with someone can fulfill a social need that people need to have at work. Then uh, last, another kind of beneficial distraction is one that can help people reset and re-energize. So just taking a break and um, just just getting away from work for just a short time uh, can kind of help people rejuvenate. And of course, you know, work breaks are very important. Lots of uh, research shows that. So, uh, but having uh, talked about beneficial kinds of distractions and interruptions, there are very different kinds. So there are those that are related to the task at hand. So interruptions that relate to the very same context in which you're working. And those tend to be very beneficial. There's also distractions that can completely pull you away that are in a completely different context. Um, there are those that are peripheral uh, to what you're working on. Like you might be knowledgeable uh, about the topic, but it's not directly related to what you're working on. Those kinds of peripheral distractions tend to happen when people are working in open office environments. Uh, and then, uh, of course, there's distractions that are due to face-to-face encounters. Someone sticks their head into your office to ask you something. Uh, and there's digital distractions where people might be interrupted through a notification from email, news alert, social media. Um, and related to those kinds of digital distractions, there's both what we call internal and external interruptions. And let me talk about that for a bit. So external interruptions are any kind of interruption that can be traced to some objective, identifiable source. So if we're talking about digital external interruptions, it's an email notification or any kind of notification from, you know, a pop-up, some kind of alert on your interface. But then there's another kind of interruption that's called internal or self-interruptions where for no identifiable reason, you know, you're watching someone, you're observing them, and suddenly they stop what they're doing in the middle of a task and they turn and they check email or they turn to social media or they pick up the phone. You cannot identify what what is the cause of this interruption? And we call that internal interruption. And it's probably could be that they came across a piece of information that triggered some other thought, or they um, there something came into their memory, uh, some some itch that needed to be scratched about a topic, and they just went online to to try to satisfy that curiosity. Now, I want to ask a little bit more about these internal distractions and interruptions that are there. Do you feel like that's more of a, a modern phenomenon, or do you, is it your, your feeling that that's just kind of been humans all along? I, I feel like now that we have so much information at our fingertips, we're almost even more open to being distracted. Do you agree with that? So I do feel that self-interruptions have always been around. People have always self-interrupted them. Unfortunately, no one has ever done research uh, in in people's you know real world context to be able to 
to understand, you know, self-infections has increased. But I, I would bet that they have with digital media because we have access to more information now faster than we've ever had before in history. And so it's just um, taps into human nature, right? It taps into the way memory is structured that, you know, if people have some kind of random thought, it's so easy to go online to, to pursue that, that thought, to, you know, to seek information about it. We also um, can access people. And so, you know, a thought pops into your mind to be able to access someone to ask them a question about something or just to say hi or to check up on how they're doing. Um, we have that capability at our fingertips. So, so I do think that the amount of self-interruptions has increased with the advent of digital media. Yeah, and it could be that we always had those distractions. We're just able to act on them more now. So I, I can send a message to somebody across the world instantly. And, you know, I, I can think about, okay, what's what's the capital of this country and, and look it up immediately. So I can get lost in those distractions and maybe those take me down extra rabbit holes too. That could also be playing a big factor there. So, you know, we do have research that shows that self-interruptions might be tied to the amount of external interruptions that people experience. So we, we've collected data in the workplace. We, we measure uh, interruptions objectively. We, we use all kinds of techniques. We use sensors. We log people's computer and phone activity. We've done observations. Uh, we use a technique called experience sampling where we give people probes throughout the workday. Anyways, um, if we look at the data and we look at the amount of external interruptions and, and amount of internal interruptions, we find something really interesting. We find that when there's patterns of high external interruptions and when they decrease, we find that patterns of internal interruptions begin to increase. So external hmm. in, interruptions decrease, internal interruptions increase. And this suggests that there's some kind of conditioning going on, that people are just conditioned to have short attention durations. If you're not getting interrupted by some external source, people begin to interrupt themselves even more. And re recent research that we did shows that people's uh, median attention duration when they're working on a computer is about 40 seconds. Wow. Uh, you know, throughout the day, about every 40 seconds, people are switching. And the, the mean is, is very close to that as well. Well, when we talk about distractions, I think we, we always say, okay, I'm either distracted or I'm, we have this term inflow, right? It's kind of like the, the ideal state to be in when you're, you're really functioning at a very high level. And you've kind of busted that myth that the flow is good, distractions are bad, because there are, there are good distractions you've come about. But tell us a little bit more about how you define flow and how would you describe it? So the definition of flow, flow was a term that was invented by Sheikh Samahali, who's a psychologist. And the definition is that there's a, a combination of using people's skills and uh, and challenge, that people are challenged by an activity, but they also can practice their skill in it. And 
flow happens when people become so immersed in an activity that they're really unaware of the passage of time, right? Time just seems to flow by. And um, flow happens to a lot of different kinds of people. It happens to artists and athletes, dancers, musicians, but it can also happen to information workers. For example, it can happen to software developers who become really immersed uh, when they're coding. It can happen to information workers, even if they're involved in something like a financial spreadsheet. You know, when when people are just really, really uh, immersed. So um, people also, you know, flow happens when people are very passionate about doing something. And that passion seems to be a trigger to keep people involved. And then eventually they get into this flow state. Uh, it is rare. It, it's very rare. It, it doesn't happen that often. But it's, it is nice when it does. Is it something you feel like people can conjure up in, in a certain way? Or are there certain kind of situations that enable people to get into a flow? I think it's situation-based in the sense that people, uh, if they're doing an activity that, uh, that they're really interested in, right, it requires a lot of interest. Uh, and they just kind of, you know, it, and it takes a little bit of time to get into a state of flow. But when they do, then they, you know, sometimes you can maintain it for a while. You know, I'm thinking of um, musicians, for example, when musicians are playing, they can just become so involved in the music that they just kind of forget about their surroundings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a wonderful place to be in, and we're all trying to get there more often. So this research about flow and about distractions is very helpful for us to think about and think about how we can structure our life differently. For you personally, what are some things you've done in your life or you've seen others do that are very effective in trying to reduce the negative distractions and increase time inflow? Well, um, I turn off all applications except the one I'm working on, and and that helps me. Um, I also, uh, you know, making lists are very helpful. Writing down, so externalizing the activities that need to be done helps you set a goal that you're going to, you're going to complete this activity. It also helps you keep on track. Um, you know, flow for me, I'm, I'm an academic and flow happens when I'm writing a paper and I'm thinking of ideas and I, and I know that's going to happen. And I try to set aside enough time that would allow me to get into a state of flow. Like I know if I only have say, uh, you know, a half hour to work on something, uh, I may not get into a state of flow, but if I really can block out enough time, um, I, I can get into that because it requires time to get into any kind of deep thought. And, you know, going back to this idea of short attention spans, when people are switching attention so rapidly, it's, it hinders them from getting into flow. And, and that goes without saying. I mean, we've, we've also done research where we look at how long people spend on a particular project. So sometimes you can switch activities, but you're working on the same project. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm an academic, I work on papers, but working on a paper might involve me to switch between using a Word document where I'm writing to reading something on the web to maybe checking email to correspond with someone. Um, and if we cluster those activities into a project, we find that people spend about 10 and a half minutes on a project before switching to something else. There, this was this study was done with all kinds of information workers. Now, 10 and a half minutes before making a significant switch to a completely different topic uh, prevents people from getting into flow, right? Because mm-hmm. it takes time to, to get into deep thought. So, you know, people have to commit to spending a fair amount of time on, on the same project, right? And that that can be a precursor to flow. So almost, I'm hearing, you have to be honest with the amount of time that you have for something. If if you only have, you know, 15 minutes scheduled for a task, don't do something that's going to require really deep thought, Um, but try to block off more of those longer chunks of time to to take time to get into the flow, uh, to avoid the distractions and to, to push forward in that way. Would you agree with that? Exactly, yes. Now, I want to talk about that feeling that we get whenever we got off to a bad start of the day. We've, uh, you know, we, we left our, our email notifications on, we, we checked some things, we hit noon and we realized, oh, I haven't really accomplished as much as I wanted to. I, I allowed myself to be distracted. How is it that people can compensate for that? Is, is there a way that you see different people react in a different way to being distracted and trying to recover? So, so that's really interesting. We, we find that when people are in environments where they're experiencing high numbers of interruptions, they they tend to speed up their work. And I think it's because they realize there's there's a finite amount of time in the day. And, you know, or people might have a goal. They have to leave work at a certain time. So so they speed up uh, to to compensate. Um, you know, again, I think if people are just uh, experiencing distractions all morning, um, it's a, you have to make a commitment to set aside a chunk of time to work on very specific tasks. So it, it really is about commitment. Um, I will say, though, that we've found in our research that there are individual differences to being susceptible to distractions. Uh, some people have very good self-control and others are very poor at self-control. And if people are poor at self-control, then they can benefit by software that helps them block distractions, the so-called blocking software, where people can set uh, particular sites that they designate as being blocked. But let me also refer to the people who are good at self-control. Uh, this this kind of software actually hurts them because it interferes with their own self-regulatory mechanisms to be able to control themselves, and it actually uh, it actually hinders their work. It it creates a more of a cognitive burden on them because they're they're not able to use the mechanisms that they're familiar with. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's very, very interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. So you're saying that uh, someone who's already very disciplined, if they they try to adopt a a very rigid system that 
that really controls them. It, it really hinders them because they they really they they are able to 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 control their time a little bit better, and so that that system actually works against them, right? Yes, that's right. So someone with very good self control uh, can, and and some people can be masterful at using uh, the internet for taking online breaks. Um, I mean, we we found we did an experiment where we cut off distractions for everybody for for a work week, and we found that the people with high self control, who also happen to be very conscientious, that's a personality trait. We found that those people just worked straight through. They they didn't take any breaks. They didn't mm. take physical breaks. These are conscientious people. And as a result, they got more stressed. And, um, and the, you know, this is a way that people might experience burnout. Yeah. So you, you have to enable people to take work breaks. It's important. Uh, and you have to figure out, you have to understand individual differences underneath that. Yeah. Well, Dr. Mark, I think you have your work cut out for you in terms of the amount of research that needs to be done in this field. So much uh, more needs to be poured into this and to, to figure out how we can each individually um, become more productive, to reduce distractions, to increase good distractions, perhaps, uh, and, and to be in flow. Uh, where can people go to, to stay up to date with some of your latest research? They can go to my website. And if you, uh, if you just Google my name and if you Google uh, ICF, you should be able to find my website pretty easily. Yeah, and I'll make sure that it goes in the show notes too. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been really interesting. It gives me a lot of insights into how I can structure my day too, and it helps us all to, to live a life and to work with less uh, bad distractions in our life. Thank you so much. You're welcome. My pleasure. 